Today's edition of the Derek Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Life Change Tea. Why go to GetTheTea.com? Because this important news could change your life. Socrates made a statement saying that all disease starts in the gut. Take care of your gut, and well, the rest speaks for itself. Life Change Tea is a wonderful way to aid in your digestion. Brew it, steep it, drink it, and feel it go to work. We at Life Change Tea have been around for years helping people just like you feel better. Lots of testimonials and lots of happy people. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. Alrighty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 22nd of April, 2022. To, no, there's nothing can be made of that. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Show. Happy Friday. Glorious, glorious. Wunderbar. Friday is upon us. What an awesome, it's the best day. Saturday is technically the best day, but usually later on Saturday nights, I start thinking, God, tomorrow's Sunday. But Friday, Friday, you go, Usually right after, well, when you're done with work, you go, Friday, tomorrow I don't have to do jack. I mean, I have to do stuff. I have to write a column on Saturdays, but that I can do while I'm eating cereal with the kids. That is uh, different than I don't have to prep any shows. I don't have to do anything. And my deadline is like eventually some point in the afternoon. And theoretically, I could write, you know, Friday night if I want to ruin my Friday night. But I don't generally. Friday night is is my time to catch up on my DVR. Anyway, you don't need to know any of this crap. Let's get on with the show first. Don't forget, the Week in Evan Review will be live at midnight Eastern tonight at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. It's the news the way the news deserves to be talked about. It's five bucks a month. Even if you don't like swearing, if you want to just show support for the show, five bucks a month ain't a whole lot to ask. So please check that out. That's where you enter the contest, too. You can get uh, either Dick Cheney's autograph book or uh, Brad Thor's autograph book. It's almost a 50-50 split, I think, judging by the emails of who wants what. We'll see who gets what. But uh, enter by uh, Sunday afternoon, early Sunday afternoon. And, of course, don't forget about Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com where you enter promo code Derek at checkout and click apply. You get free fast shipping on the tea that will change your life, clean you out, keep you regular, and all that good stuff. Use as directed. Don't forget promo code Derek, D-E-R-E-K, and clicking apply to get the shipping deal. All right, now let's start so we can start the damn weekend. Oh, babe, I just want to touch on this briefly because it's too damn funny. I don't want to talk too much about it. I mean, more, the more we learn about the numbers and everything, maybe on Monday's show, I'll talk about this more. But CNN Plus reports are that it's shutting down at the end of the month. It didn't even last a month. Are you kidding me? The Weeble over there, the fat Uncle Fester, Brian Stone. I'll, I'll make fun of this on the week in and Review, too. Uh, Uncle Fester tweeted out, Breaking, CNN Plus, the streaming service that was hyped as one of the most significant developments in the history of CNN, will shut down on April 30th, just one month after it's lost. <laughs> uh, he's When he's on there five days a week and you sit there and you go, who the hell wants to watch the face that they like wake up screaming from coming at them? Who wants to watch that in HD one day a week? let alone five, six days a week, you, you begin to see why maybe this wasn't the smartest business decision ever reached by human beings. It'll be missed. It'll sit there right next to New Coke and God knows what else. <laughs> Just, 
Couldn't happen to nicer, more deserving people. It will be missed by about 10,000 people who will now have $5. You know, they'll have $5 more a month out there. Sign up at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Take your windfall from CNN plus shutting down and ship it over this way. It'll be way more entertaining. I guarantee it. All right, let's go. Lots of things to get to, but uh, yeah, sitting here, just, uh, I'm looking at an iPad, right? Working, I got two iPads going. And uh, I get these pop-off notifications. All the, I downloaded a calculator function. To I didn't have, my phone was downstairs in my house, and I said, I need to, I need to make sure this math is right. I forget why. So I was adding up these, and I said, I'll just download a calculator app. I used to have one on the iPad, but who knows what happens to these things. Kids probably deleted it. And I get this thing, and I download it, and it keeps wanting to send me push notifications. Every single app, every web page you go to, hey, we want to sign up for our newsletter? No, I don't. You sure you don't? And then you click on, like, continue. Click here to read more of the story. And you click there, and they say, hey, uh, did you want to sign up for the newsletter? No, I don't. I don't want you clouding up my inbox i don't want your crap sent to me and now you get do you want some push notifications we'd love to send you push notifications it's like you're a web page on a desktop computer how about you just do your damn job they just want to get involved in your um they want to get your contact information it's annoying as hell but i'm sitting here and i every once in a while it still pops up like what in the hell could a calculator have to tell me breaking news in math Two plus two no longer equals four. Well, actually, given the way that the leftists have been treating education and saying things like math is racist, maybe maybe there will be some updates. Maybe I should actually accept the, uh, <laughs> the push notifications. But it, that's the thing about me. I absolutely despise notifications. I hate like it, the only thing that pops up on my phone is if you call my phone or you send me a text message. My wife's phone nonstop. Every email she gets, every time various news organizations tweet, she gets it like a pop up thing. Like it's a tech. Like no, most normal people get a text message. I'm like, how do you? How does that not drive you insane? Like every single thing that happens in the world. Joe Biden just farted. Oh, boop! Here's a message about it. How do you sift through all that crap? And I don't know how she does, and I'm not convinced that she effectively does. But I just don't understand it because I have to, if she forgets to put her phone on silent, she goes to bed way before me. I have to go in and and put it on silent because I can't take it. It's either that or smash the damn thing because there's different chirps and beeps and buzzes and chimes and depending on what's going on and who tweeted what and what sent this and which email account got what. And I'm like... My God, you know, if there's, it comes a point when you get so many notifications that you actually, the point of a notification is, is nullified, right? If I'm getting pop-ups about my, my calculator wants me to know something, I'm likely more likely to miss something because you open up your phone and there's like a string, you open up my wife's phone and there's just a string of notifications. You have to literally scroll through it. There's no way she doesn't miss things. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I can say that in confidence because I know she's not listening. <laughs> she won't get mad at me, but she's wildly inefficient when it comes to such things. When if you were more uh, discerning, you, you probably wouldn't. You'd maybe have two, if you really three, if you need them. 
Of course, if she were more discerning, she probably never would have married me. So there you go. All right, we've got an action-packed program for you, as always. We got the mayor, the mayor of Chicago being trolled by some radio host up there, and it's pretty funny. She gets very mad, very quickly dismisses his question. She's running for re-election, and you have to think, how, how? It's because it's Democrat city. She's a Democrat. What are they going to do? Plus, she's black and she's a lesbian. That's it. That's how you run in Democratic Party politics. When it's Democrat Party dominated, it's how many boxes can you check? She's also short. She might be a little person. Who knows? So you just say, how many boxes do you check? Well, that's the person that the party machine is going to get behind. Or if the party machine doesn't get behind somebody or they they actively get behind somebody else, there's a Hispanic alderman running there in Chicago, too. They go with him. They say, well, that's racism. It doesn't matter. You just throw the allegations around because... That's how Democratic Party politics work. So we'll get into that. We've got an MSNBC host comparing Governors DeSantis and Youngkin to child rapists because Democrats are devoid of ideas. It's kind of funny. Joe Biden runs around. What do they want to do? What do they want to do? They they won't tell you what they want to do. You won't tell people what you want to do. You don't actually engage on issues. You don't engage on issues. You engage on emotion. And that works for the smaller and smaller percentage of the population. It just does. Also, I have a contra Let's start off, actually, with this. This controversy, is it really a controversy? It is a controversy, I suppose, because Donald Trump fell right into the trap. Piers Morgan has a new TV show starting, I don't know, soon at some point about uh, you know interviews or whatever he's wildly popular in the uk i find him interesting i don't blame you know i i would watch his show because i think that he's not he's not afraid to ask questions that most people would think if i ask this question somebody's going to punch me in the nose right i like somebody who does that and who piers morgan is he was over here i guess promoting his show and was on the five a couple of days in a row. And he was the most interesting person on Fox News because I didn't know what he was going to say. That's a sad commentary on everybody else on Fox News. But it was a sad commentary on the state of media because it does. it's not just Fox News. You flip on CNN, you, nobody goes, gee, I wonder where Don Lemon's going to fall on this issue. Or you turn over at uh, MSNBC and goes, wow, where... Where is uh, Joy Reid or Chris Hayes going to come down on this one? You know exactly what they're going to do. You know exactly where they're coming from. Piers Morgan, I didn't. I really didn't. Not because I didn't know who Piers Morgan was. It's, uh, I do. He's been around for a long time. He used to have a show on CNN for years. I knew Piers Morgan. But it, it he looks at it seemingly as if each new thing is an independent issue. Each new point is an independent point. It is not which team, where's my team on this one? And that's what I liked about Piers Morgan. I don't need to agree with somebody all the time. I need to be interested in what they have to say and go, you know what, I didn't think of that. That'll get me much more interested than somebody going, here's what I think, and it's exactly what I think. You know, because I've got an inner monologue. I don't need to hear it. Or, you know, if they give me a new way of thinking about it, that's okay as well. Well, on Piers Morgan's new show, he's kicking it off 
with an interview with Donald Trump. Why Donald Trump agreed? Donald Trump is, first of all, for my money, he's giving far too many interviews. He's giving far too many interviews to the point there's nothing to ask him. There's nothing new to ask him. There's no new developments. There's there's nothing really to ask the president. I've had people go, you should interview Donald Trump. You should try and get Donald Trump. And I've never once tried to get Donald Trump because I didn't try when he was president because he was president. I didn't actually know anybody in the communication shop at the White House. Now I actually know his communication or his, uh, his spokeswoman. I've interviewed her many, many times. But I just, I don't have any, there has to be a reason that I want to, there has to be some questions I want to ask. And this might sound arrogant or whatever, but I don't have any questions that I want to ask. If he's not announced that he's running, you play that game. Are you running? I don't know. You'll see. I don't want to play that. It's been played in 15,000 interviews that he's done. It's pointless. Everything has been covered. There's nothing new under the sun, quite frankly. I don't know why there's news value in interviewing him. If he's not running, it's not really newsworthy. If he is running, then I'm interested again. It has to have some value. I I see a lot of people interview people simply because they're like, oh, this person's available. Let's get this person's take on the news of the day. Well, you're the damn host. Don't you have a take on the news of the day? Shouldn't that be enough? You know, what do you need somebody else? What do you need a second host for, essentially, is what you're asking me. I only have guests who can bring something to the table that I can't. Period. End of story. That's it. I think that's a a pretty good standard to have. And it's not very often that I need it. Not just because, well, I need to fill some time and every day we have a guest because this is our time slot for... I don't... I don't know. I find that to be really sort of weak sauce. That's just me. Anyway, he sat down with Piers Morgan. Shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. I understand why Piers Morgan wanted him. He's trying to start his show with a bang, and I know exactly why this promo was edited the way it was. It is because they want to stir up controversy, even when there isn't one, or maybe not. I don't know. Listen, this is the ad that the Piers Morgan people put together for the Trump interview. Listen to the tension, the music, the the edited audio. Oh, my goodness, it is... um, it is massive. There's going to be a huge fight. Donald Trump really got ticked off. And people are going to tune in to find out why Donald Trump got ticked off. Okay, Piers, I'm ready. A former president in denial. I'll be completely straight with you. It's your face. I think I'm a very honest man. Much more honest than you, actually. Really? Yeah. It was a free and fair match. You lost. Only a fool would think You that. think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah. With respect. Excuse me. Okay, with respect. The legislature. The hard evidence. Excuse me. The most explosive interview of the year. I don't think you're real. It's, I really it's just I'm not like Very dishonest. Let's finish up the interview. Morgan versus Turn Trump. Turn the camera off. Very dishonest. Only on Talk TV. My God, they must. What did Piers Morgan ask Donald John Trump that caused him to storm off the set? Because if you're watching the video, there's, there he is walking off the set. This is a stop. To turn the cameras off. Oh, my goodness. And the dramatic music. And it, the problem is for Piers Morgan that Donald Trump's communications director brought a camera with him, brought a phone with him, and recorded the audio of the interview. It was apparently only scheduled for 20 minutes, and it went more than an hour. Well, Trump tends to go long, and that's fine. 
You should, by the way, a pro tip for anybody out there in politics and media or whatever, you should never agree to do a pre-taped interview, a recorded interview with somebody, with anybody, really. But if you're going to do it, it has to be that's the only way it can be done, like literally the only way, and there's a benefit to you to do it. Uh, Otherwise, insist on doing it live or just pass on the opportunity. Because all sorts of... twice passed on being on the daily show because there were it was pre-taped it was a recorded interview i'm like i know what you people do in editing i'm not interested i don't the publicity that you're offering me is not it doesn't interest me my audience your audience not the same uh and i don't trust you people they were shocked because most people just go oh the daily show i can get on there this is back in john stewart's time so the communications director for donald trump was recording with his phone and released that audio after the trailer came out. This is smart. If you're going to do an interview, make sure you you tape it yourself. uh, Released that audio to Breitbart, who posted it. Now, this is, uh, he recorded, they released like the last seven and a half minutes of it. Now, it sounds like in that trailer, in that teaser, my God, Donald Trump stormed off. That was it. That was the end of the interview. Donald Trump storming off. Well, not quite. Here's seven minutes to go in the interview. And it is the acknowledgement that they're going really long. Like this thing has to wrap up. It's supposed to be 20 minutes. We're going on an hour. It's time to wrap this up. And it's very cordial. They talk about Leah Thomas, as a matter of fact. Because they're not going to do that. We, we need a, we're, we're an hour in, so we need, a, we, need a, we need a wrap. A few quick questions and then another. Thank you. Uh, one of the big questions being put to lots of politicians right now is, what is a woman? No, I'm, not, I'm not going to respond to the question, but a woman is a woman is somebody that swims at a certain time and doesn't get beaten by 38 seconds by somebody that wasn't even a good swimmer as a male. <laughs> That's Trump being Trump. Okay, you know, I'm not going to take that bait, but I'll I'll take the bait. But you can see that it's cordial. There's no animosity. You're you're at wrapping up the interview, and there is no I got to get this guy out of here. This sob. It's just you got to get this guy out of here. You're supposed to have 20 minutes, and you got you've gotten 60. Okay, it's because you know each other or whatever. Maybe they're friendly or friends. I don't know. But uh, Piers Morgan was on Celebrity Apprentice, so they do know each other. And then you get down to the end part. The end part. If you listen closely, because this is, again, being filmed or recorded from an iPhone, probably, in uh, either somebody's hand or somebody's pocket. But you hear the part that was big at the end of the Piers Morgan trailer. Turn the camera off. You actually hear that. It is not said in anger. It doesn't, without the dramatic music of dun, 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 they're about to fight music, it takes on a different tone completely. Here's the actual way it ended. Probably happened. It probably happened because I own the club. I'm sure it happened. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. That was a great interview. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that was a great interview. Thank you. No, 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 I agree. Uh, all right, all right, turn the camera off. It was not. Turn the camera off. Get the hell out of here. 
How it'll actually play out when the real interview is aired, I don't know. But um, the promotion of this is a damn joke. This is everything that's wrong with the media today. So it was actually brilliant on behalf of the Trump people to record that. And the president released a statement after the uh, trailer came out. It says, quote, Piers Morgan, like the rest of the fake news media, attempted to unlawfully, I'm not really sure how it's unlawfully, and deceptively edit his long and tedious interview with me. I, it was the, I don't know if the interview is edited. The, there's a promo edited out of the interview. That doesn't seem unlawful or even deceptive. The way it was done, though, it could have been better. So he wanted to make it look like I walked out on the interview and my time limit of 20 minutes went over by an hour. The good news is that the interview was taped by us as a means of keeping him honest. The interview was actually very strong on the 2020 election fraud, with me calling him a fool if he truly believes those results. The evidence is massive and irrefutable. Check out True the Vote and the Dinesh D'Souza documentary with uh, which will all be coming out soon. You can't check out something that isn't out yet, but you get the point. It says, uh, hopefully they will now be doing some big changes in their final product. It just shows, however, that I have to deal, what I have to deal with in the fake news media, and he goes on from there. But it's a commercial, it's a trailer. Donald Trump should know that, you know, he had a TV show that I watched all the time, that every week they'd take an hour's worth of a TV show and cut down to a 30-second promo. That's the way the industry works. I, I get his anger, the way they framed it, but the fact that they edited it into a promo, if it's not illegal by any stretch of the imagination. It was deceptive. Yes, make that point, but don't revel in your victimhood. Don't be a victim, Mr. President. I want to shift gears and let's see. I want the Disney saga is kind of, this is hilarious. There's it's very very infrequently do you get audio like this. It's a rare gem. You usually get, you know, somebody declaring something that uh in politics and then the next day you find out it was BS or they were completely wrong. People making absolutely definitive statements, pundits on cable news constantly saying this will never happen. And then two days later, it happens. And they never acknowledge, they go, wow, you know, two days ago, I said that would never happen. And there it is happening. It's very infrequently that somebody declares something. And then right after they're done talking, right after they're done declaring that thing, the exact opposite happens. This happened yesterday with Simone Sanders. Simone Sanders was Bernie Sanders, no relation, Bernie Sanders' national spokeswoman. And then she went and worked for the vice president. She worked in the vice president's office. She was one of the first people to leave the vice president's office for a cable news contributor gig and I think a six-figure book deal. It's weird. You go, who the hell is Simone Sanders? Yeah, that's a good question. Simone Sanders is, is somebody who's well-known in liberal circles, and so publishers in New York go, well, people definitely want to know what she has to say when there's nothing to indicate that anyone wants to know what she has to say, especially when she says stuff like this. But she was on with Chuck Todd, the ginger avenger over there at MSNBC. The people, the suits at MSNBC said, nobody's watching Meet the Press on Sundays anymore. Let's put it on f five more days a week. What could go wrong, right? 
and nobody's watching it there either. But uh, they're talking about Disney. They're talking about Ron DeSantis and the Republicans down in Florida looking to strip Disney of their autonomy, really. Now, there's a big debate, libertarians and conservatives, about what do we do with this? We're free market, but this is clearly not free market. Look, Disney got special treatment in the tax code in Florida a long, long time ago. They basically, they're their own country in there because they've been spending a ton of money. I thought liberals hated that special treatment, but they don't. They actually, they were the ones who instituted it and they love special treatment for their friends. So when they started uh, talking about, hey, we're going to oppose this, we're going to get heavily involved in Florida politics, we're going to oppose this parental rights and education bill. We're going to do everything in our power to overturn it. All right, well, if you've gone now from an entertainment company with an amusement park in the state of Florida to a, an appendage, you can decide which one, of the Democratic Party. Well, you're not going to get special tax exempt status. You're not going to get special legal exempt. No, sorry. We'll, we're going to look into repealing that. Now, during this discussion, this clip, it's not that long. Chuck Todd lays out that they were thinking about doing this, and Simone Sanders declares unequivocally, there's no way. I bet on the Disney lobbyists. I bet on the Disney lobbyists. There's no way this will pass anywhere. The Disney lobby, they're too powerful. They're too big. There's Republicans who will shudder in fear of the Disney lobbyists. And then Chuck Todd comes back and uh, just hits her across the face with breaking news and the cold dead fish of reality. It's actually kind of funny. I mean, it's this is ridiculous. And I, and I, I know fashion corporations is popular left and right these days. I'd be careful going. Oh, my money Disney. is on the Disney lobbyists, honey. Would, would you? Would you my money is on the Disney lobbyists. Do you think those those state legislators yeah. down in Florida are going to bend to the will of the governor? Did you see no. what Jared Polis said? He'd love a Rocky Mountain Disney. I, yeah. <laughs> um, but by the way, the Florida legislature, the, the state senate, just passed this bill to strip Disney of its special access. Oops. <laughs> my money is on Disney. My money is on the Disney law. There is no way those legislators are going to do anything. There is no way those Republicans will cower. To Disney is too powerful. They're too weak. Those Republicans. That, wait, it just passed. Oh, wait, never mind. My bad. <laughs> it took like three days. Don't you love this? In the middle of it. Because this is, look, you, you're never going to get anywhere in cable news punditry. You're not hired for your good looks. You're not hired for your intelligence. You're not hired for your knowledge. You are hired by because of your willingness to speak in absolutes no matter what reality is. No matter what the truth may be, you speak in absolutes. I will never. It, you can't use hedge words as never or always or whatever. You can't sit there and go, well, you know, it'd be interesting to see. I'm not, Normally, I wouldn't think that uh, they would go against Disney. But in the political climate as it exists today, it wouldn't completely surprise. No, that's a nuanced take. That's a smart take. That has no room in cable news, not in cable news punditry. It is absolutes. It is black. It is white. It is up. It is down. It is one of those things that can't be both. You can have either opinion, but no matter what that opinion is, you have to take it, you have to stake it, and you have to stick with it until the end of time. And when you're proven to be completely wrong, you never acknowledge it. You simply move on. If this had happened 
an hour later, nobody would know this clip, but that it happened while she was sitting there going, well, my money, honey, is on the Disney lobbyists. There's no way those Disney lobbyists are going to lose. They're far too powerful. She's trying to uh, imply a lot of things there that may well be true on the on behalf of the Democratic Party, that uh, lobbyists control the Democrat Party. Lobbyists control politicians. Didn't work out. They don't stand up to corporations. Um, didn't pan out. All of these things Democrats don't do, but they are out there doing themselves. It happens right there. right? It's like Dick Morris predicting a landslide victory for Republicans in 1996 or whatever, and then on election night going, well, it's going to be a rough night for Republicans. Like, hey, uh, you know anybody who maybe said that things would be a little bit different? Mm, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but I'll do some research and get back to you. Moving on. It's just, it doesn't happen in the midst of a sentence, in the middle of a sentence. I will never do, oh, wait, this just happened. <laughs> there are no consequences because, of course, this is cable news. It's news. It's not even cable anymore. It's not news. It's cable, cable circus. All right. Uh, we've got uh, Ginger, Ger- let's talk about Ginger Goebbels, shall we? Because she is, she's making the rounds saying goodbye. This is the last chance she's going to have. She appeared on uh, CNN Plus. <laughs> I almost said, if you, you might have missed it, but I know you missed it because nobody watches CNN Plus. But she's making the rounds to CNN because once she starts her gig at MSNBC, she's not going to be allowed to go on CNN. She has a lot of friends at CNN. They They sit around at their little Nazi youth rallies and they they hang out together. They're progressive, leftist, anti-American, fascistic Democrats together. They go way back, not to mention the fact that she spent the entire Trump administration on the payroll of CNN. So it's going to be a little bit difficult for her. She, she's she got friends over there, probably a, a godparent or, I don't know, transparent for her uh, children over there at CNN, whatever. Or she's somebody's godparent or transparent or whatever they're calling. It can't be godparent. That would be wrong. It would be bringing religion into it, whatever it is. Uh, So she's got friends over there. So she's making the round. She's given a lot of interviews and uh, to all the networks, because once she leaves, she's going to be the exclusive property of MSNBC and they're going to pay her handsomely. For that privilege, you don't buy Ginger Goebbels cheap. There was a bidding war for her. So she is going around talking to ABC. She spent an hour or whatever with Chris Wallace. Talk about how pathetic. Poor Chris Wallace. You can see why he's throwing a fit. It couldn't happen to a more deserving guy. Anybody who's a total prima donna deserves the absolute mockery and failure that comes with it. But she, as I say, she's making the rounds. And she still has to do her daily press briefing. And that's where I want to start before we get to what she told ABC News about trans kids. Uh, During the daily press briefing, if you haven't noticed, there is still a border crisis going on. People are crushing across the border. Illegal aliens left and right. Every month is a new record over last year, which was a new record. See, I guess Joe Biden, by his logic, what he says is we've cut the deficit by more than anybody. He could say that we've cut illegal immigration, illegal border crossings by more than anybody. 
And he technically probably would be true if he could actually get a month. No, because last year it was up about 300%. This year it's up about 20%, which means 20% over the 300%, which is still a massive increase. Massive increase, you know, especially over the last year of the Trump administration. But Joe Biden can spend, Democrats can spin this as saying, well, it was up 300%. Now it's only up 20%. Therefore, we have cut illegal immigration, the increase by 280% or whatever. Go, no, 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 that doesn't, that doesn't add up. There are more. Doesn't, doesn't, and that's how government accounts it. If you control the unit of measure, baby, you control everything. Be on the lookout for that. I don't know that they'll go that way. That one's a little absurd. But they've got to try something because reality is not working out. And reality is not their friend. And if reality is not your friend, it kind of tells you something about what you're doing. So the person in charge of the border, because Joe Biden wants to pull his I wasn't even in town that month act. I'm the president. Buck stops with me. But let me tell you why it's Putin's price hike. I'm the president. It starts with me. But let me tell you why it's COVID. Let me tell you why it's this, why it's that, why it's the, why the border is not my problem. It's Kamala Harris's problem. Oh, okay, Kamala Harris's problem. He put her in charge of the southern border, right? We all know that. That was a big part of her portfolio. It actually is a big part of uh, why the vice president and the president don't get along. She feels as though she has been given an impossible or a group of impossible assignments. She was sent over to Poland, remember, during the beginnings of the Ukraine war and was immediately kneecapped by the administration saying she's not over there to negotiate anything. She can't speak on behalf of the administration. She's just over there to basically show the flag to say we care. (laughs) And that was it. And you got to sit there. If you almost feel bad for Kamala Harris because you're sitting there going, what do you mean she can't speak on behalf of the administration? She can't do anything. And then she had a whole bunch with all that stuff up in her head. She had a whole bunch of really horrible press conferences with various world leaders where she couldn't say anything because she knew that the White House was right there with her, ready to galooly her kneecap. The second she stepped out of line, said, well, I, well, the United States stands clearly with. No, we don't. She doesn't speak on behalf of us. Scream from the back room. It's um, it's amazing. So she was asked, Ginger Goebbels was asked whether or not the president still has faith in Kamala Harris and her dealings on the border, since it has been an unmitigated disaster, let's be honest, with these new records coming in. Everything that that she's been put in charge of has become, has been an unmitigated disaster. And Ginger Goebbels looks right into the camera and uh, with a straight face, lies. Question about immigration. Does the president still have confidence that the vice president can get to the bottom of root causes of migration? He absolutely does, and uh, and is grateful for her work in doing exactly that. Why? Why does he have confidence? Or should I should I give you an well, update on a couple the of the things we've done? What, what gives the president confidence uh, when he sees that March 2022 has 28% more migrant encounters at the border than March 2021 when she got this assignment? Yeah, see, things are going in the wrong direction. How can you sit there and say, well, this is uh, this is a smashing success? You can't. You can't, but he's doing it anyway. 
It doesn't matter. They have to. They can't kneecap the vice president that directly. The backstabbing has to be done in the back. It can't be done from the podium. It has to be done through anonymous sources, through leaks. And if you don't think that Ginger Goebbels there has been a source in these uh, stories that have talked about how the vice president is not really living up to expectations and not a particularly good politician, you are crazy. Ginger Goebbels knows what her job is, and she's willing to do it no matter what. She's willing to do it even on the way out the door, theoretically, to take on a job in media where used to be, I guess it's not anymore, where it used to be your credibility mattered. Your credibility was all the currency you had. Now it doesn't. Now whether or not you throw red meat to the base. But it used to be that credibility was what mattered. She's now out there saying anything and will say anything as like this on the mask mandate. The Biden administration has decided that they will appeal the mask mandate ruling. Now, they're supposedly the party of science, right? They're the party of science. My God, they're the party of science. There's no science whatsoever that shows that masking on planes works. None. But that doesn't stop these people. You know, in the name of science, they're appealing this. Now, it's weird because they're saying, well, the CDC, you have to follow this. This is, um, it might be a little complicated. I'm formulating it in my head as I speak. They said they'll follow the science no matter what. The CDC is supposedly the science. They said they needed at least two more weeks of masks on planes to assess the situation. So they said, all right, two more weeks, no problem. The judge down in Florida said, you don't have the authority to do any of this at all. Sorry, it ends immediately. At that point, the Biden administration could have sought injunctive relief. They could have sought a stay against that order, stripping away the mask mandates immediately. By, I would say in a matter of two hours, they would have gotten it. They would have been able to judge shop it around. They could, and it would have been stopped they chose not to do that. They chose not to do that. In the interim, the president of the United States said, well, you know, it's up to individuals. Speaking off the cuff, not having been briefed by staff, because why would you brief the president of the United States on breaking news? So he said that off the cuff, and that sort of became the driving force behind the airlines saying, hey, we're ending this crap now, right? Two full days later, actually about three days later, then the Biden administration comes back and says, we are going to challenge this in the name of science, in the name of public safety. We are going to challenge this. To which, if it were in the name of public safety at all, and if it were related to science in any way, shape, or form, why did they waste those two days? If they believe that masks work and they're essential on planes to prevent people from getting sick, why did they gleefully sit back and let people get sick and probably die for two days? What sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. They know that this is garbage. Meanwhile, the ladies on The View are going, oh my God, masks, I don't want to go on a plane anymore. This is terrible. Believe me, ladies on The View, uh, the American people want you to mask up. They want you to. They want you to 
burqa up. Okay, please cover as much of you as humanly possible. Just, I mean, in safety, in the name of safety for you. But it was absurd. They should have, if they believed any of this, gone immediately and got injunctive relief. They did not even try. And now that they are challenging this, they aren't still seeking injunctive relief, which is bizarre. Now, it could happen. It'll be a pretty quick appeal. A judge, some left-wing judge may say, yes, the uh, CDC has the authority to do this, at which point they can try to reimpose this, and good luck with you on that one. But it is exposing these people as the frauds that they are. The fraud that they So Ginger Goebbels kind of admitted yesterday that the appeal is not about safety, even though we're told it was about safety. And even though we're told the mask mandate was about safety, She's saying that the mask mandate, the people over at the CDC, the, the, the guiding voice, the personification of science, are not actually acting on behalf of science. They're not appealing this because of science. They're appealing this for an actually much more terrifying reason. They're appealing this so that the government can have this power for whenever they need or want it. Think about that. Listen to Ginger Goebbels say that. And at the end, she basically says that, well, mostly we're appealing this so that the CDC can have this power in the future. Rather than, I don't know, try to pass a piece of legislation that says in case of an emergency, you know, very narrowly worded, very specifically time-limited, Anything like that, I would still oppose it. But, you know, instead of going that route, they're saying we want to have this power in the future and we don't want to have to go through the legislature to get it. We just want to be able to flex our muscle. This is totalitarian stuff right here, the underpinnings of it. Well, we we are um, entirely able to and legally able to be a part of the discussion. But uh, right now, it's we, we, of course, are deferring to the CDC on what they believe is needed at this moment. They've already have, they obviously put in place this two week extension because they felt they needed that to take a look at the data, given that we've seen a rise in cases. So we certainly anticipate to hear more from them soon on their ask for uh, for being able to have that time, which we think is entirely warranted. And the Department of Justice, as you noted, has indicated uh, that they would appeal, uh, not just because they think it's entirely reasonable, uh, of course, to have this additional time to look at it, but because they think uh, that the current, uh, for current and future public health crises, uh, we want to preserve that, that uh, authority for the CDC to have in the future. We want to preserve that authority for the CDC to have in the future. If somebody gets a little uppity, somebody steps out of line. We want to be able to uh, strip them of their rights, uh, even so small as the, on a plane that they have to cover their face. Whatever it is, we want to be, we will not cede back to the people. And this is why you never cede power to the government. This is why you fight every attempt for the government to metastasize further into our rights they don't give it back they won't give it back they are not interested in it going back period end of story they want that power man they i mean i assume it's intoxicating to have that kind of power and they aren't about to sit there and go all right we trust people again the entire premise of the democratic party's existence is we don't trust you at all you're not trustworthy you must be taken care of you can't take care of yourself 
Rights are more suggestions than anything else, and they're granted to you by government. And we're taking some away, but we're giving you the other. Well, you can you can now name your pronouns on your passport and choose no gender whatsoever on your passport. You're just going to have to turn in your guns. You have to turn in your ability to defend yourself and your family. No, no, no. It's a fair trade. Think about that. You know, you can have an X in your gender on your passport now. Come on, man. What more does you really need? So give us the guns or we'll throw you in jail. We're looking out for you. We care very much about your rights. Now, do what we say or we're throwing you in jail. Did I mention we're going to throw you in jail? Yeah, you have to respect other people's pronouns or you will be punished for exercising your freedom of speech, your freedom of religion, your Second Amendment rights, whatever it is, your right to assemble, should we decide that assemblies are not acceptable at any given moment. But you can put whatever you want on your driver's license as far as your gender, and I will address all government correspondence according to whatever you prefer your pronouns to be. That's a fair trade, isn't it? We want to reserve these rights, these powers for the future. Yeah. They want to use these. They have big plans for these powers in the future. That's why these powers have to be stripped away permanently, not just uh, temporarily. That's why they're appealing. It's not nothing to do with science. If it had to do with science... They, A, would present some evidence that says this is, here's the science showing masks works. And B, they wouldn't have waited two days going, I I don't know, what, should we waste the time? Well, I really would kind of like the ability to abuse the hell out of this power in the future. All right, sold. We'll go for it just because we want the ability to abuse the hell out of this power in the future. Lest those people get uppity out there. It's terrifying. Now, before we get to uh, more of Ginger Goebbels, I want to point out that her interview with Chris Wallace, the clips that I saw, because nobody nobody subscribes to CNN Plus. The clips that I saw have her defending Joe Biden's lack of giving interviews, sit down interviews with reporters, defending that, saying he takes questions every day. He takes questions every day. And Chris Wallace pointing out that there's a difference between taking a couple of questions when you like the question that's shouted. Like if there's a gaggle of reporters and and you can answer that question. There's a difference between taking one of those questions and uh, sitting down for a specified amount of time, usually 20 to 30 minutes, with a reporter where there is no chance to ignore a question, where if you dodge the question, there's a possibility, unlikely, since it's Democrat on Democrat violence, but there's the possibility that the uh, reporter will circle back and say, you didn't really answer that question, Mr. President. Uh, So there's a huge difference between walking out to the helicopter and saying, Putin's a war criminal, and then walking away and having an in-depth conversation with somebody. Well, we had today a demonstration as to why Joe Biden doesn't give any interviews. Joe Biden has given fewer interviews than any president at this point in their in the modern era, at any point in their presidency. Something I think it was like 22. Trump had done 95. Obama had done over 100. He mostly loved to hear himself talk. Joe Biden's done 22. Just not interested in it. And the idea that he takes questions every day is just 
of fraud. But because Chris Wallace asked that, because that clip went around, and because people were calling it out as a, a total joke, they decided to let the president of the United States take a question, take a couple questions, maybe a couple questions. And he was asked, well, I don't want to, he's going to, I'll let the question and answer speak for itself. I just want to tell you that Title 42, Title 42 is the regulation in place that says in the midst of a health emergency, people caught crossing the border illegally can be returned to Mexico, to their country, wherever, of origin, without, there's no adjudication, there's no need to uh, sit there and go, well, in three years, you're going to have a court date. No, in the midst of a health emergency, you can just get rid of people. This has been in place since the Trump administration. It's not really being used all that frequently anymore, but it's still in place and it has a deterrent effect because people know that it can cause them to immediately get put on a plane back to wherever the hell they're from. The Biden administration announced last week, I think it was, that they're ending this. They're ending this at the end of next month, which has already caused a ripple effect throughout the illegal immigrant community, the illegal alien community. They're already planning their trips to come across the border because that was the last impediment. The Biden administration is supposed to have put in place, put back in place the uh, remain in Mexico policy. They haven't done that. And so they uh, the only thing that you run risk of not getting into the country, the only way is if somebody in the government, Border Patrol, if they're not caught by the White House and ordered not to, would uh, invoke Title 42 with that gone the records we've seen before are expected to fall because an even bigger crush of illegal aliens will be marching across the southern border. So Joe Biden was asked about that. That's what Title 42 is. The reporter doesn't explain what Title 42 is because the president of the United States is a grown man and the president of the United States, one would think, is briefed by his staff at what his administration is doing. And the president of the United States talks all the time about how brilliant he himself is and how knowledgeable he is on matters of government. That being said, when Joe Biden was asked about Title 42, he answered about masks on planes, indicating that he has no idea where he is or what he's doing. Listen to it for yourself. Terrifying. No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, uh, my uh, well, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department, because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. Thank you. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. He has no idea what Title 42 is. He thinks it has to do with masks. Somebody in the staff said, you're going to be asked about masks on planes. Be ready for it. And that's it. 
title, uh, you can misspeak, but normal people who are not suffering cognitive failure notice that they're misspeaking. You can call somebody named John Bob, and you go, oh, sorry, John, sorry, I'm sorry about that. You catch your mistakes if you have a functioning brain. If you have a malfunctioning brain, you answer a question that wasn't asked. You talk about something that isn't. You take something that they're not even tangent. I suppose they're both COVID related. But no, one is a border policy. The other is a mask policy on planes. And it's telling that he would confuse the two. And make no mistake, he's confused. He thinks he's, he thinks he's given a good answer. He didn't answer. He didn't come close to the question. He wasn't even in the same time zone as the question. They're both COVID related. They're saying you on a plane, you American citizen on a plane, you have to mask up. You're a threat to other people. We can't take risks. It's too dangerous. COVID is too dangerous. But the sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens, you can come across the border. The only reason they're waiting until, I think, May 23rd to end Title 42 is by law they have to give that much time from the time they decide to end it. It has nothing to do with science. There's no way to know what things are going to be like more than a month from now, just over a month from now. They just don't give a damn. They want it gone. That's the way it is. That's the rule it is. They're plowing forward no matter what. The illegal alien gets favored treatment. You, the sucker picking up the tab, the American citizen, some of you voted for this moron, you get screwed. Put your face diaper on, shut your mouth. We're appealing to make sure that we have that power so that in the future, should we decide that you're getting too uppity, we can smack you down and we can do so legally. It's horrifying that this man has access to the nuclear codes. This man is in charge of the United States of America. This man. But it's not just that man. It's that party. It's that mentality. Yeah, he's the only senile one. Maybe they said last week that maybe Dianne Feinstein is senile. Dianne Feinstein isn't making administrative decisions that impact the whole world. Okay, I don't care if Dianne Feinstein is sitting there in a soiled depends trying to figure out what day of the year it is. And she doesn't know. I don't really, it's sad. I don't wish that on anybody. But in the grand scheme of things, one senator loses their mind, so what? Having worked in the United States Senate, I promise you, I promise you, there is always members of the Senate. There are always members of the Senate who are not all there. Thad Cochran was uh, the last example I can think of off the top of my head, Mississippi senator. He was brought around by staff. He was told what to, he, he, he was not there. Sad, horrible, happens to almost everybody as they age. But it's common in the United States Senate where the staff is basically the de facto senator. I assume it's common in the House of Representatives, too. There are a lot of really old people over there as well. I just know less about the House of Representatives. But as you sit there and you watch the president of the United States, one senator can't do much of anything. The president can. I don't think that, you know, in his panicked middle of the night, who am I? Why am I here? Picking up the phone, swearing to having had a bad dream, launched the missiles or whatever. I don't think that anybody's going to actually follow those orders. 
thankfully. But you shouldn't even risk that point. You shouldn't even get to that point. This guy has no idea what he's doing. Yet he'll tell you how brilliant he is. He'll tell you how smart he is, how wonderful he is, how many push-ups he can do. Yeah, you can do as many push-ups as you have, uh, I don't know, IQ points. So we're at uh, 20, 30. It's terrifying. You can see why his staff won't let the press anywhere near him. You saw the footage the other day on East, at the Easter egg roll. And all the, the Easter bunny came over when he was talking to reporters and said, no, 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 for the love of God, don't, don't talk to anybody. Don't, come on, move along. Go back to the kids. Get near somebody with uh, your same level of intelligence. And you can sit there and you can laugh about it because the Easter Bunny has to come over and save the President of the United States, but it should terrify you, too. It really should terrify you. It's just, it's terrifying to me that the President of the United States is out there and he doesn't know these, these it's not as though these are obscure issues. Look, you go, look, in uh, 15 uh, U.S.C. 38, blah, 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 and you cite some obscure point of the U.S. Code, yeah, the president's going to sit there and go, um, what? I don't know. But if you don't know, it's another one of those, well, a rational person, a non-senile person would go, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I, I, the U.S. code is hundreds of thousands of pages. I have no idea what you're talking about. So you got to be more specific. But Title 42 is in the news. Title 42 is a decision his administration made recently. And the mask decision is something his administration made recently. He should know the difference between the two. I could forgive him if he started asking, answering a question about one and then said, oh, no, wait, sorry, I'm, I'm confusing it with the other one, and then shifted. But there is no recognition or acknowledgement of any. He has no idea what the hell he's talking about. No idea what the hell he's talking about. That's what's terrifying. All right. Uh, now we got one more clip of Ginger Goebbels here. I just I saw that clip and I'm like, that is disturbing, Joe. Disturbing. Ginger Goebbels clip is disturbing, too. It shows you how. Look, I tell you all the time that the left appeals to emotion over logic because emotion overrides logic. You can get an emotional person to do all sorts of stupid things and especially an emotional group of people. An angry mob. It's the angry part. And then they go, one person throws a brick through a window, and then other people are throwing bricks through windows. Many of them, the insiders obviously would do this all the time. It's what they do. But many of the people in the mob would never in a million years think to throw a brick through a window. They just, they wouldn't. They'd be horrified. If they saw, if they were walking down the street, minding their own business in the middle of a day, and some jackass in Antifa gear comes up and throws a brick through a Starbucks window, they'd be horrified. They'd probably call the police. They might even try to track the, the little wayfish fascist down and help him get arrested. But they get swept up in the emotion of the moment. You do all sorts of stupid things. It's not a justification. You still have to be an adult. You have to be responsible for it. Sadly, we are raising kids to be victims and upset all the time. and To be overly emotional rather than rational and logical. That's part of the discussion uh, that Libs of TikTok exposes. As you sit there and you go, this is... Uh, an emotional issue. These people are emotional and, and like, I don't care. 
What do they think? What are they doing? What they're doing is wrong. I don't care why they're doing it. I don't care that they got a sad tale of woe about how they were, they were young and they were bullied. and what, I don't care. I really don't care. We cannot legislate or live our lives based on the worst case scenario. You simply can't do that. So Ginger Goebbels was on uh, ABC, an ABC news streaming. They have an ABC news streaming. Nobody knows about it. Nobody watches it. But she's giving an interview over there, and she's talking about trans kids and gay kids and all the Florida law and all these other states that are, the laws they're passing are saying, don't sit there and talk about sex with kindergartners. All right? Leave the kids alone. Don't give them this gender identity crap. Teach them how to read, write, do math, and all those sorts of things that you're supposed to learn in elementary school. Leave your PCBS out there. All these lib teachers going, I can't. My children, how am I supposed to tell my children about my... Well, they're not your kids, first of all. And secondly, none of them honestly give a damn that you and your partner had a lovely paddleboarding weekend. Oh, we went we went and we found the best fudge and then we slathered it all over each other and just went cra- Nobody cares, dude. Right? Nobody cares. If you need validation from children, you shouldn't be anywhere near children. And if that causes you to have the sads and suffer from depression, so be it. Seek professional help. A 5-year-old is not going to be forgive me for this, but they're not going to be your emotional tampon. You can't have that in the school system, okay? Leave the kids the hell alone. You have a very specific job to do. You are a teacher. They are your pupil. They are not your children. You are not their friend. You never will be. Get over it, all right? Just because, oh, 10 years ago, somebody came back that I had as a student. They came back and visited me. Oh, it's wonderful. Nobody cares, all right? That does not mean that they love you. You can take that and go, hey, they, you learned something from them. You made an impression, whatever it is. You're not their friend. They don't need to know about your sex life and they don't need to know about the 50 different genders or your gender dysphoria or your delusions or how you mutilated yourself from cutting off what God gave you to just cutting yourself, whatever. Keep it to yourself. If you really feel the need to have these conversations with kids, seek professional help or go teach a college course. Ginger Goebbels was talking about this and she starts she loses it. You want to talk about emotionally unstable people. Listen to the press secretary for the president of the United States talking about an abstract and talking herself into crying. I don't think she's faking it here. I think this is how emotionally unstable so many people on the left are, that she talks herself into crying. The political games and harsh and cruel uh, attempts at laws or laws that we're seeing in some states like Florida, that is not a reflection of the country moving to oppose LGBTQ plus communities. That is not what we see in data. That is not factual. uh, And that is not where things stand. This is a political wedge issue and an attempt to win a culture war. And they're doing that in a way that is harsh and cruel. Uh, to a community of kids, especially, I'm, I'm like going to get, emo- uh, I'm going to get emotional about this issue because I just, it's horrible. But, uh, but you know, it's it's like kids who are bullied, and, and, and like all these leaders are are taking steps to hurt them and hurt their lives and hurt their families. And you look at some of these laws in these states, and it is going after parents who are in loving relationships who have kids. It's completely outrageous. Um, but it is it is a wedge issue. Sorry, I, I'm this this is 
an issue that makes me completely crazy. Um, but it is an issue that um, is a political wedge issue. It is not a reflection of where the country is. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> the country doesn't want teachers talking about sex to kindergartners. The Florida law, the parental rights and education law, enjoys more than 60, 65%, I think, approval rating. That includes a, not even just a, a hard, large percentage, but a majority of Democrats don't want their t these pierced, tattooed, pink-haired, psychopathic, sociopathic, perverted, grooming teachers talking to their kids about sex at all. They don't. So it is an accurate reflection. Right now, do, do the country wish these poor, sweet, sweet, nourishing, mythical LGBTQ children, do we wish them harm? No. No, of course not. But you're not going to find many five-year-olds who are insisting that they're trans who don't come from left-wing parents who are dining out on the fact that little Jack is now little Jill. Oh, this was wonderful. Don't you love it? It's so pretty. I, I always it's I always wanted a girl and now little Jackie's Jack is not Jackie. He's he's Jackie now. It's great. It's great. And then suddenly you start dressing that kid a certain way and you start treating it. It's weird because the people say gender is a social construct. And the second a boy for half a second goes, oh, maybe I'm a, I'll be a girl today. Go, oh, let's grow your hair out. Let's get you dresses. Let's buy you Barbies. Like, wait a second. If, if gender is a social construct, then why are you trying to socially construct this boy into being a girl? Maybe let the boy be the boy. Let the kid be the kid. Whatever. Everything about this is garbage. Anytime you think about something that the left is putting forward on this issue, you go, that doesn't make any sense. And it directly contradicts other things. Not only you've said in the past, but other things you're currently saying, right? Other things you're currently saying, we have to celebrate women. What is a woman? It's a mystery for the ages. How do you celebrate women? It's strong, proud women. You can do anything, but what's a woman? Anytime you think about it, it completely falls apart. They don't want you to think about it. They want to keep you emotional. Ginger Goebbels there, Jen Psaki, is crying and blathering like an idiot. Oh, no, they're doing this. The poor children, the poor children, the poor children. We're talking about kindergartners through third grade. Kindergartners through third grade. Might I suggest that there, and I, I don't know for sure, but there aren't many legitimate suicide attempts amongst kindergartners to third graders over gender dysphoria. Accidental deaths, absolutely. Irresponsible parents leaving firearms around, sure. Yes, sadly, true. But there are not many clinically depressed children in kindergarten sitting unless their parents really did a number on them or something awful happened to them so the idea that kids are sitting there uh, you know i hung out with a lot of goths i was gothish when, not, not in kindergarten not too many young robert smiths in the uh the nap circle out there dressed in black with the eyeliner and the black nail polish talking about how nothing really has any meaning anymore not too many of them but you would think it was commonplace the way Ginger Goebbels talks about it. Now, I want to play you an example from the libs of TikTok. What a teacher, what one of these teachers that teach very young kids, 
why you can sit there and say you're a groomer, groomer, groomer. Yeah, groomer isn't meaning that this teacher wants to have sex with these children, like grooming means in the grooming gangs over in the UK. The term groomer means they're grooming people to confuse them. Grooming kids to confuse them about gender. You, oh, you, you can be a girl. You can be a boy. You can be anything you want. Oh, all right. Well, who doesn't? Wants, everybody wants to be an astronaut. Everybody. Well, I'll be a princess. I'll be a princess too. That sounds like a pretty good deal. That's what they're talking about. They find these moments in kids where they're pretending to be whatever, and they try and extrapolate that and expand upon it, and corrupt these kids' minds to justify their own worthless existence. This creature you're about to hear has like teal hair, face piercings, of course. I don't know how many tattoos. They aren't visible. They're not on the face. It's a face shot. But I'd imagine a lot of... uh, have a hard time going through a metal detector at TSA and is probably covered in tattoos as well. Mommy and daddy issues as long as the day is. And this is a person you want teaching your four and five-year-olds? Hi, my name's Az and I'm a preschool teacher. So my classroom celebrates diversity. It's probably my favorite thing to teach. We usually use kids' books to talk about this kind of thing. Recently, we started wearing pronoun pins and the kids get to pick a new pronoun pin every day. We have some that pick like she, her every single day and we have some that change it up. So diversity is really important in my class. So I recently realized that there's a whole lot of really amazing figureheads and people to look up to in this world who aren't white or straight or male or have what have you and that we should learn a little bit more about these people. Now, the edits there are edits that that creature made. I didn't cut it up. It's TikTok. I don't know how TikTok works. I don't want to give the Chinese communists access to my phone. So I haven't downloaded it. But uh, they, you can stop, edit, stop and start and stop and start. And that's what's going on. Do you imagine? Diversity is one of my favorite things to teach. How do you teach diversity? How about, you know, reading? about writing what about colors anything you're teaching you're you're teaching four-year-olds and some five-year-olds maybe maybe you should teach them useful skills oh i love teaching how do you teach diversity well here's how you teach diversity hey look at that kid's skin color look at that kid's skin color look at that's what matters it doesn't matter that that kid is hitting that girl or stealing that kid that other kid is pushing the other kid down because they got a toy they both it doesn't matter look at their skin color don't worry about what they're doing don't worry about who they are don't no, no, no just look at their celebrate celebrate them for their skin color why what did they do for that they did nothing for it but celebrate them for it it's so ridiculous you want this kid person this creature anywhere near your kids absolutely positively hell to the no uh, by the way, just b- skipping back an issue I forgot to mention, the the uh, White House did release a clarifying statement about Joe Biden's gaffe or question answer about a question that wasn't asked. Joe Biden is exceedingly good at answering questions that were not asked. Uh, the statement from the White House un- in Joe Biden's name is, quote, I want to clarify that in comments at the conclusion of my remarks this morning, I was referring to the CDC's mask mandate, and there is no Department of Justice action on Title 42. You want to? It's not a clarification. It's not a clear. I want to clarify that I was answering a question that wasn't asked. I understand that I was actually physically responding to a question that was asked, but I want to make sure that everybody knows. 
that I decided to answer a different question, a question heard only in my head, not anywhere else in the room from no other person out there. No one else asked me, but I decided that I would answer this question that uh, my six-foot-tall rabbit friend Harvey Harvey, I don't know. Harvey, what are you doing? He's asking me questions about uh, about mask mandates on planes while some other reporter is yelling about Title 42. So I decided to take Harvey's question instead. Pathetic. He had, of course, they, they did this in writing. They did this in writing. They couldn't make the president, you know, available, like, to clarify this, to show. It's like, at this point, we kind of need a proof of life video. I mean, a proof of cognitive ability. The president could come back out or the reporters could be brought into, uh, even just friendly reporters, could be brought into whatever room the president is in. And I just want to clarify, I, I was wrong. I was thinking about something else. And now actually answer the question, right? Really answer the question about whether or not he's reconsidering his decision on Title 42. But no, they don't want to do that because they don't want anybody near the president of the United States because the president of the United States is not all there. The president of the United States is is not even halfway there anymore. At some just do yourself a favor at some point this weekend. Go to YouTube and look up Biden videos from even the 2020 campaign. But you know, any time from, I don't know, you don't have to go back to the 70s or 80s or anything. Look up Joe Biden videos from his terms as vice president. He's always, you got to remember, he's always been dumb. He's always been dumb. But look up Joe Biden videos from talking 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, and then watch Joe Biden from any video of him this week, any speaking engagement he's had on camera this week. And Tell me he's not slipping faster and further. Tell me he's not slipping faster and further. There's no way anybody can draw any other conclusion. All right, I want to play a couple more clips before we're done here. <laughs> Lori Lightfoot, the the uh, mayor of Chicago. My God, how there's a, a high probability because of the power of incumbency and the general state of stupidity of the Democratic Party voters, that Lori Lightfoot will be reelected mayor of Chicago. I think I don't think she's actually up this year. I think she's up next year. I might be wrong about that. It doesn't matter. She's seeking reelection. The campaign has already begun. And a local radio guy over there in Chicago got into a press conference and uh, he asked her. Now, it's a it's a. It's a question that a journalist, quote unquote, would not ask even a real journalist because of the way it's framed. But the mayor needs to be for all the butt kissing that she faces. She does need to face some questioning like this every once in a while. It's good. And she does not like this at all, which also makes it a good thing. Every time you have a press conference, you say crime is down. Uh, the economy is booming. Well, that's but not that's not true. But. Get your question, sir. Across the street, we had a police officer on duty, the victim of a hit and run. We have Michigan Avenue, the magnificent miles now referred to as the mile of fear. The water tower place has thrown the keys back to the lender. They say they don't want to be in Chicago anymore. 
real Chicagoans are asking me, how could you possibly even consider running for re-election as mayor of the city of Chicago after all the harm you've caused? Well, I disagree with you fundamentally, um, and I don't think I need to address any and dignify your comments one second further. I will not dignify your question. No, she has no answer. She has no. Look, the answer is I can run for re-election because legally I can run for re-election. How do you live with yourself and what you've done would be a better way to to phrase it. But hey, she obviously doesn't care. I would say she doesn't look like she's losing any sleep, but she always looks like she's never slept. So that's beside the point. But it is she doesn't care. It's a very simple thing. And you, you, if you bring yourself to not give a damn, <laughs> you, you'll live a longer, healthier, happier life. I just love how do you live? How do you, how could you dare do that? Given all your damage you've done. I disagree fundamentally. Really, there are a lot of murder, like a lot more murders. You, you consider that a success? Lastly, quickly, I want to play Nicole Wallace. She is a former uh, Bush lackey, McCain lackey, of course, because they're all McCain lackeys, all these squishy Republicans on MSNBC. She decries the politics of personal destruction and otherizing people. And, and then she does that. She compares Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin governors of Florida and Virginia, respectively, to Russian soldiers raping children because you dehuman dehumanization is wrong. Now, let me dehumanize these Republicans because Nicole Wallace is as honest as she is faithful and successful in her first marriage. Google that one. And I worry that in covering Glenn Youngkin and his politics of parental choice, all the focus was on how well it worked. And even in our conversations about DeSantis, it's about how well they're serving him. The, the, the truth is dehumanization as a tactic for politics is from war. Dehumanization is a it's a it's a tactic. It's being used right now. The Russians get their soldiers to rape children by dehumanizing them. Dehumanization as a practice is a tactic of war. It's being deployed in our politics, and people like you and I sometimes lose the plot and, and admire its effectiveness. It's not its substance, but even the analysis of these tactics loses sight of what, of what this speech brings us back to, which is that dehumanization has a cost right now right now as it's being deployed there are children and and chastin Buttigieg made this point when don't ask don't tell was introduced kids will die kids will die you're dehumanizing these monsters are dehumanizing all these months oh, there uh, isn't calling them monsters a little bit of dehumanization here's a pro tip for you if you're citing chastin Buttigieg for anything you're doing it wrong. Let me just say that right away. If you're citing Chastin Buttigieg for any reason whatsoever, you're doing it wrong, Nikki. Hey, how's your family doing, Nikki? Ugh, such a gross person. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today and for this week, man. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you're going to uh, tune into the uh, Week in F and Review at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. I suspect the term emotional tampon will be, it might even be the name of it. Lord knows a lot of what we covered today. Well, there's so much. You're sitting there and you're going, I just want to, I just want to rip these bleeps, a new bleep with a bleep so they can stick the bleep where the bleep don't bleep. But uh, can't do that here. It's a family friendly show. The real one. 
is on Saturday mornings. And also it helps you support the show. It helps me out immeasurably. And it also lets me know that people are listening. And thank God for that, because otherwise I'd feel crazy. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Have yourself an awesome weekend. Don't forget to enter the contest there, too, for the signed books. Brad Thor versus Dick Cheney. Who will get shot in the face with birdshot? Tune in Monday to find out. Thanks, you. Have a great weekend.